International Coffee Day. Well, there you have it. Yes, indeed. Please welcome Dr. Shakina Fashaw Walters. She is a Master of Public Health and a Master of Science in Public Health. She's also working to improve the health outcomes for the general public. She's published more than a dozen pieces on public health, and Dr. Fashaw Walters focuses on providing quality care. She says this means dismantling structural inequities and providing equitable, high-quality care for marginalized uh, citizens and her commitment to anti-racist work. She does a lot, and I'm wondering, uh, can you tell us how COVID-19 has highlighted health disparities among racial, different racial and ethnic groups, and how do you believe the pandemic has exacerbated existing racial inequities in healthcare? Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me this morning. I will say that um, a lot of the disparities that we see and we saw throughout COVID-19 existed well before the pandemic of COVID-19. And so what COVID-19 did was really highlighted um, the disparities that we see. I actually focus on older adults who are using nursing homes and more than ever, we saw the disparities within access to high quality care. We saw the disparities in outcomes of care. We saw disparities in mortality uh, increasing and more than we ever have seen before. You know, that was a big uh, push when COVID first hit. They said, take care of the people who are uh, much older in communal situations who might be immunocompromised. And I'm wondering, uh, how did we do in that, uh, in trying to protect the older in our communities and, and especially people of color? Yeah, I think in our communities, we probably did okay um, once we started to buckle down and and focus in on um, some of the roles that were coming out. I think in nursing homes, though, there was a really big failure, especially when thinking about racial disparities. Mm. And um, I would add that we've also sort of uh, forgotten that the pandemic honestly still exists. This isn't a thing that is behind us. Right. Uh, And so we still have to continue to be pretty vigilant about it, which I don't believe we're really doing anymore. So that's a bit concerning. Interesting. So in the midst of this pandemic in which you say we're ju- we're still in, what have been the most critical lessons that we've learned about addressing public health disparities, particularly with those uh, related to race and socioeconomic status? Yeah, so one of the big things that I think COVID really highlights in protecting health and decreasing disparities is the need to focus in on our social determinants of health. So when we're talking about someone's health, their outcomes from COVID-19, or um, whether they're exposed to COVID-19, that's impacted by so many different factors. Turns out that healthcare is only about 10% of that impact. The other 20 to 60% is really dialed in on what we call the social determinants of health. And this is everything from where you live, work, play, socialize, all of those different areas of life that we live in, the community that we're in, they all impact our health and our health outcomes. And so I think COVID on many different levels taught us the importance of dialing into our communities, but also pulling back from our communities and communal spaces um, in order to protect ourselves. What protective equipment we need, um, 
good hand washing. So going back to some of the true basics of public health, I think really came out during the COVID-19 pandemic. And for a long time, as a master's in public health, I had to explain to people what public health was for and why I was doing this. But I think after this pandemic, our community has become so much more aware of the importance and um, the different acts that public health officials have taken over the years to protect our health. So what role do, do policies make policymakers have in protecting our health, doctor? So I really ascribe to this idea of health and all policies, that all policy that we create from transportation policies to housing policies to um, food policies, they all relate back to our health um, and the quality of health care that we receive. I recently published an article that talked about how we should be creating more racism-conscious policies and fewer race-based policies or race-neutral policies um, because these racism-conscious policies would do a better job at advancing uh, equity as it relates to our health uh, and decreasing the impact of racism that it's had over our life course. So give me an example of that. Do you have a real-life example of how uh, this type of uh, implementation can have a positive impact? Sure. So I don't necessarily have a real life example as this is just sort of a a framework at this point that we're looking for more folks to be willing to implement. Mm -hmm. But the idea would be to understand sort of the underlying mechanisms of a policy. If a policy, so as a health services researcher, I focus on how providers and doctors respond to certain policies. And so if there's a policy put in place where providers would be less likely to serve our community to serve black patients, then the reverse sort of policy that we would need in place is a policy that allows providers or doesn't allow providers to avoid certain populations. So this would be a policy that requires certain insurers to provide care at higher quality doctors and facilities. Um, So I hope that that sort of makes sense. But I think more broadly, when we're thinking about the policies that are important, there are policies such as requirements around training or requirements around insurance coverage, making sure we're covering folks that have pre-existing conditions or making sure that we're allowing insurers to pay for healthy foods and vegetables or pay for uh, different things that might be needed in the home to keep our older adults aging in place. Everyone, we're talking about health care and uh, wonderfully, uh, we're talking with Dr. Shakina Bashaw-Walters. And finally, I'm just wondering, as we look to the future, what are your aspirations and maybe even your recommendations for building a more resilient and equitable healthcare system in the aftermath of COVID-19 with a strong focus on anti-racist practices and health equity? Yeah, that's a great question. I think one of the biggest things for the future of our healthcare, um, especially as it relates to uh, black folks who are seeking care is for our health system to become more trustworthy. Mm-hmm. And that's really rooted in transparency. If we can get some more transparency around costs, around prices, if we could get transparency around diagnoses and uh, more folks that actually care and serve our community, I think that'll really transform the health care. That'll also transform our response as a community to health care providers when they're providing advice in the next pandemic because the next one will surely come at some point. Are you optimistic? 
I am optimistic um, some days and other days not so much. So it really depends on when we're talking about it. First thing in the morning, I'm definitely going to say that I'm optimistic (laughs) because I'm feeling excited about the day. But yeah, there are a lot of researchers working on this. There are a lot of health systems transforming the way that they're providing care. There are new DEI officers across insurance companies and healthcare providers. And so there are more folks that are tapping into this and really working to understand and do better. And so I am optimistic that we will start to push the needle. And as more folks start to pursue careers in health and healthcare and in research and in policy, um, I think that's when we'll really start to see change as the next generation comes along. So I'm really hopeful for that. How can we find you on social media and how can the community play a part? Yeah, absolutely. So I can be found at SF Walters PhD um, on Twitter. I am simply Dr. She on Instagram as well, where I talk about some of these things. Um, and if you are interested in any of the studies that we might have ongoing at the U, feel free to reach out to me at safw at umn.edu, and I'm happy to engage. Thank you, Dr. Shakina, for being with us this morning on KMOJ. Have a great one. You too.